Oh my, oh my, friends. Welcome to the On Something Podcast. My name is Zane. If you are new to the space, this is a place where you can discover what you are onto in life. It seems to me there's nothing more invigorating than feeling like you are onto something with what you do in your relationships, your friendships, what you do for a living, or what you create in the world, uh, and also with the one who has created you. So we're on episode 47 of this one. This is in the Their Thing lane. I gotta admit, we have gone through a couple of titles, and you will see quickly in this in this episode, maybe where I wanted to take the titles, but our editing team was like, don't do that. And by editing team, I mean my spouse. So that's where we're going. Really pumped for you to listen to this episode. Let's hop into it. Attractive, but fake. Promising, but empty. Exhilarating, but draining. These are a few of the warnings of pornography when it comes to our souls. It disorients us from the image of God in one another and slowly destroys God's image of how two people can share in beautiful intimacy with one another. And today I want to speak about a little bit different of an angle of what I'm seeing a practice that I think is doing the exact same thing to how we not only see each other, but how we can beautifully become intimate with one another. I call it the pornography of podcasting. Yes, I wanted to title it that, but it didn't make it through all the channels. So after I have reintegrated into the world after stepping for 30 days, I quickly noticed how often this showed up this what I call the pornography of podcasting showed up in conversations where I currently serve. The staff is split kind of right down the middle with younger generations as far as millennial and Gen Z and those who, well, we could say, you know, are moving towards having some snow on their roof. You know, I love that phrasing. I heard it the other day. I was like, mm, that's good. One of the things, though, that I've quickly learned about our younger staff members is how often they're disappointed in the potential or lack of potential and expectations they have of how older generations lead. And after listening for a while, I actually was able to start hearing what was underneath. What was the main source that stirred up this frustration? It was podcasts. Podcasts about best practices, new ideas, different approaches, creative structures, attractive tools. Bottom line, I've noticed a greater disappointment in people who are engaging deeply in other podcasts about different spaces and relationships and places. Here's my my pythosis. (laughs) Here is my hypothesis, which actually is a real word. Podcasts, you getting ready for this? Podcasts become toxic when we spend more time fantasizing about the ideal than working with what is real. I'm beginning to believe that podcasts can easily become a form of pornography, and here's why. It constantly gives us images of what we think we want or what others claim is most satisfying, but at the same time places a burden of expectation on those in our current community that they were never supposed to hold in the first place. Now, don't get me wrong. 
I'm recording a podcast right now. I also love placing my head in between two earbuds like any other millennial or Gen Zer. But I'm noticing that we're ret- we are trading relational perspiration for distant inspiration and information. Okay, so thinking about back from the pornography lane, what makes sex so beautiful and attractive and appealing is the work that it takes between two people to know each other, to be in rhythm with each other, and to bravely reveal yourself to another person. Everything else is just shiny, but it really has no substance behind it. And that's what makes pornography so toxic. And I think there's a way that podcasting can do the same thing. It can steal the intimacy, the locality, and the hard relational work that we have to do with one another. We fantasize about the ideal instead of doing the real work with one another. We haven't poured blood, sweat, and tears into people around us if we haven't uttered the phrases, you know, what I'm what I'm trying to say is, or what, what do you mean when you say, or have you ever dreamt about, or could we ever consider? Hopefully you get my gist from here. Now, what I want to emphasize is the medicine instead of just talking about the diagnosis. I mean, podcasts in and of themselves, they are not bad. Podcasts can actually be a way, though, for us to try to play God. Really, ever since the beginning, human humanity has had this track record of being tempted to try to be in two places at once. And if we're not mindful with podcasts, we can ignore the DNA and context of our physical location Because we're so fixated on a digital location, the place that looks nothing like our current place in life. And that boils down to a problem of presence because it messes with our humanness. You were designed to experience one place at one time. You are not God. You cannot truly be in multiple places. And yes, I know that Zoom and FaceTime are things, but I'm saying that there's something deeper that we're trying to do in these mediums, they'll never be the same. I mean, that's what COVID taught us with Zoom, right? Is that being there digitally is still not the same. Until recently, people only troubled themselves with the most immediate circles in their life. Way, way, way back, most people spent most of their time navigating family needs. And if there was time that you would catch up on the latest news of the city or the town, think of like the Gilmore Girls way of life. But as society crawled closer and closer to the 2000s, people became more aware of our nation and also global matters. Now people wake up and you're informed of what you missed because you were asleep. Is global awareness a bad thing? Absolutely not. Is global awareness needed? Absolutely it is. The question, though, is how much perceived control do we actually believe that we have? In the words of Brett McCracken, oftentimes, we trade global awareness for local action. This is what I want all of us to fill our ears with podcasts to keep on our dashboard or home screens, if you know what I'm saying. If you're struggling to find joy and meaning in relationships in your zip code, something's off. We may be pressing play too many times to other people's voices instead of spending time with the voices that are literally around us. 
So here's what I want you to think about. I want you to check yourself before you wreck yourself. And I want you to check yourself by looking at your podcast queue. And I want you to think about as you listen to the episodes that you have loaded, do any of the phrases come into your internal dialogue? Phrases like this. You know, we wouldn't have problems if we would blank like this group or organization. Gosh, we do nothing compared to blank. I feel like I'm not going anywhere in life after I hear about blank. I'm completely alone when it comes to thinking about blank. And finally, if you're not regularly and organically uttering the words, you know, we do a really great job at blank. Or I'm greatly thankful for blank people in my life. Then in the words of Nick Jonas, who his latest and greatest album, love it. Houston, I think we have some problems would be applicable here. Yeah, I know, I know. Apollo 13 gets all the credit for it. But we have a problem if we are not naturally moving towards gratitude. Now, what do we do about this? Well, this is where I would turn us to the letter in the Christian Bible called Romans. That's right. None of you saw that coming. I didn't even see it really coming. If the letter of Romans was a podcast, the first 15 chapters would be the best stinking podcast anyone's ears had ever heard. Paul, the writer, unloads all of these grand ideas, statements, instructions, catchy phrases about God. It's the source where a lot of Christians find their cheesiest bumper stickers for a reason. It's quotable, no doubt. The last chapter, chapter 16 though, is where all of our hearts need to turn to diagnosing our podcast pains and problems. Paul's outro of this letter isn't a recap of the content. It's not a website to go to. The final part of this letter, it's a recollection of relationships that have made this moment in ministry happen. And let me tell you, it's excessive. He goes on for 27 verses, naming and listing all these peach, people, peaches, people, <laughs> which as you read it, you're thinking, Paul, who cares? And that's the point. No one cares except Paul and the people who are reading this letter. Why? Because the heart of God's movement is always local and relational. I mean, Paul, he lists every form of relationship, greeting to those who are my co-workers, greeting to those who helped me get on my feet, greeting to the people in the town that I'll always love, greeting to the people who will always be my first, greeting to the people who were faithful in the really hard and rough times, greeting to those who are from my same upbringing, greeting to those who are like a second mother to me. And how do you cure yourself of the unreal podcast expectations launched into your soul? I'd recommend you start taking time to say the things that Paul says. Rip one out of his playbook. Take time to ask yourself, have I learned how to be a better human from what I've subscribed or who I've rubbed shoulders with? Sure, you've learned from both. But I want you to forget that those who have made you and sculpted you are the ones who have actually been with you, not just in your ears. And 
what you experience with them is something that you can never speed up on double speed. It's the daily pace and meaningful relation work of others that God truly brings life through. Great thinker, our boy Bonhoeffer. (laughs) He's not really our boy, but uh, that was probably disrespectful to Bonhoeffer. But he was this great thinker, great Christian leader who said this. The person who loves their dream of community will inevitably destroy their community. But the person who loves those around them will easily create community. Friends, quick reminder, God did not send a podcast, but a person. And I think that's something worth listening to. You know, that's the episode, but I want to try something just a little bit different. Usually I sign off on this podcast uh, with an outro. Instead of the normal signing off of this podcast, I'd like to dedicate this outro to a modern day ending, my personal ending of Romans. People who nerd out about the Bible, they call this a closing. Well, here is the closing of my life to those who have made Zane, well, Zane, and probably in ways that they formed me that a podcast never could. So I'm going to end with that today. I write greetings to my grandmother who is with and in Christ now, who made me get behind a pulpit before I could ever even see over it. Greetings to my high school friend Kevin. Man, if I'm relatable and normal in any way, it's only because of you and all those hours that you spent driving me around in your car and showing me how to live life just a little bit. I send greetings to my roommate in college, Caleb, who I've realized after so many years, you're basically one of the reasons I made it through college. I know I may have disappointed you near the end of college, but please know that there isn't a day that I go by that I don't cherish those years and those times. I write greetings to Javen, a boss who was willingly and graciously willing to take on my ignorance and the lens of my whiteness as I navigated my first job. Jay, thanks for helping me see the racial burdens of the world so I no longer became a burden to all those who faced them. All right, greetings to Justin. I think I'd be lost in thinking and talking to the lost if there weren't for you. If I didn't have you waking me up super early in the mornings to come with you to have conversations with coffee and an open Bible with people. Greetings to Jonathan. And if you wouldn't have ever believed in me, I don't think I'd be doing ministry. I write greetings to those at the community that's called Highland who've helped me come to see God and suffering actually go hand in hand not separate or one or the other. All right, some mega greetings to Deja, who there is not one I've done more ministry with than you. You've been patient in all the ideas and the chaos, even that time that I wanted to have the Declaration of Independence read at the very beginning of service, and you said, nope. (laughs) There's no one I enjoy more 
and partnering and creating environments within you. I send greetings to the parentals. It's my mom and dad. I don't take lightly that you gave your life up for me so I can give my life up to others. May you know that God's not going to forget that when you pass. I write greetings to oh, Carolina, who's held me every time that I've cried over my insecurities and my hurts and my struggles. I understand the love of God because of how you've loved me in my hardest times. And thank you to all the those of you who, by the grace of God, have helped me discover that I am onto something.